106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back. You can't hear me? Is that better? Is that... Yeah, I can't. I can't hear you either. What kind of mask is that? Hey, now when we go back into the school, you need to follow your arrow, okay? You know your mask is not a parachute. It's so don't put things in your mask. It goes on your face. And you don't go in her play circle. That's that's her play circle. That's your play circle. You stay in your play circle, okay? Everybody's in their own own play circle. Yeah, your mask is not a napkin, okay? Yeah, I can I can wipe down your desk if you need it wiped down. Just don't use your mask. Is it Jake? Yeah, Jake, it's not a slingshot. Okay, yeah, you don't. I need you three in the back to take your mask off of your head. They're, they're not hats, okay? Yeah, it doesn't go on your chin, okay? It goes on your, it goes over your nose. Not not here, not like this, okay? Over like this, can we do that? Can we? You can't, you can't touch his, his, his ball, okay? We're not sharing balls here. Nobody shares anybody's balls. Uh, Caitlin, you're not to share Sophia's mask. Yeah, we don't, we don't trade masks. Is it Brecklin? Okay, Brecklin, we don't we don't chew on the mask. You don't need to chew it. It's not gum. No, we, we don't have gum. I don't have any gum. Uh, don't lick your mask. No licking. Oh my gosh, no, no, you can take the mask off when you have your snack. Yeah, it's okay, just take it off. Your mask is not a purse. Your mask is not a basket. Okay, I need everybody to line up six feet apart, okay? This line's gonna go around the entire school. I need you to stop touching, stop touching your mask. I know, I, I keep touching my mask too. We need to wash hands. Wash hands, everybody wash hands. You need to put your mask back on. Hey, you feel like you're gonna pass out? Okay, take the mask off. Let's get you some water. Don't, don't color on your mask. Don't, yeah, no markers, no colors on the mask. No, your mask is not a Band-Aid. Do you need a Band-Aid? Let's not fling the mask. You don't need to fling it, okay? Yes, yeah, she does have a very pretty mask. It's not better than yours. Now I need to sanitize this. Where's the hand sanitizer? Anybody? Maybe next week we'll work on math or reading, English, history, science. Maybe next week. I'll briefly say that defense counsels put a lot of videos out in their, um, in their defense, playing clip after clip of black women talking about fighting for a cause or an issue or a policy. It was not lost on me as so many of them were people of color and women, black women, black women like myself, who are sick and tired of being sick and tired for our children, your children, our children. This summer, things happened that were violent. But there were also things that gave some of us black women great comfort, seeing Amish people from Pennsylvania standing up with us, members of Congress fighting up with us. And so I thought we were past that. Girl. <laughs> Girl, you really pulled out that old fashioned race card. Girl. I, I, so you woke up this morning, you looked all around and found that race card, huh? Put, listen, this ain't got nothing to do with black 
and white people. This ain't got nothing to do with that. The defense team showed that you and other people, black and white people, were using the word fight. So the fact that you got exposed, the fact that Maxine Waters got exposed for saying fight, you want to say that's racist because y'all got exposed for lying and for doing the same thing. Girl, you know what? I, I guess I'm going to start using the race card too since it seemed to be working. Like, what in the... Girl, y'all try. Y'all really trying hard. This is how you know. This is how you know that y'all have nothing on President Trump. This is how you know that this whole impeachment trial is a joke. It's bogus. And it's only to harass and only to put on theater for people. That's it. Y'all have nothing. Nothing at all. In the urgency to get President Trump out of office, House Democrats held the articles until he was no longer president, mooting their case. Hatred, animosity, division, political gain, and let's face it, for House Democrats, President Trump is the best enemy to attack. I want to say this for Donald Trump, who I may well be voting to impeach. Donald Trump has already done a number of things which legitimately raised the question of impeachment. I don't respect this president, and I will fight every day until he is impeached. That is grounds to start impeachment proceedings. Those are grounds to start impeachment. Those are grounds to start impeachment proceedings. Yes, I think that's grounds to start impeachment proceedings. I rise today, Mr. Speaker, to call for the impeachment of the president of the United States of America. I continue to say, impeach him! Impeach 45! Impeach 45! So we're calling upon the House to begin impeachment hearings immediately. On the impeachment of Donald Trump, would you vote yes or no? I would vote yes. I would vote, I would vote to impeach. Because we're gonna go in there, we're gonna impeach the mother uh, But the fact is, I introduced articles of impeachment in July of 2017. We don't impeach this president. He will get reelected. My oath requires me to be for impeachment, have an impeachment hearing. He needs to scarlet eye, eye on his chest. The representatives should begin impeachment proceedings against this president. It is time to bring impeachment charges against him. Bring impeachment charges. My personal view is that uh, he richly deserves impeachment. I'm here at an impeachment rally, and we are ready to impeach the... Well, we can impeach him every day of the week for anything he does. Good evening, everybody. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. And uh, this is our 99th podcast, and it is going on the Internet on the 20th of February, 2021. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be here for <clears throat> six 20-minute uh, segments with some clips in between for your uh, educational pleasure. And uh, you can reach me a couple ways. You can reach me at the email from our website, 
at Lou, L-O-U, at NoHostagesRadio.com. Lou, L-O-U, at NoHostagesRadio.com. You can also, uh, because I, we have a, a what obviously you can hear by that, you have, we have a website. If you want to look up any of the past episodes really easily or look at some articles I've written in the past, there are almost, a, there'll be almost 100 uh, podcasts and there's hundreds of articles. You can also um, obviously get this on whatever, wherever your podcast source is. If you started with the website, you could get it on, on your podcast source as well. No Hostages Radio, that's the title. Uh, let's see, you can also reach me by 530-713-1838. 530-713-1838. That's my cell phone, and you could uh, text that or call it. I am on the left coast in Northern California. Keep that in mind if we're going to talk. Uh, I will answer the phone if I'm not on the other line, uh, if I'm not already on the phone. But I do answer the phone. I don't screen calls. Uh, so if you, most people uh, tend to email. I usually get a couple emails a week, which uh, I'm most interested in. Actually, I got lots of, I actually, I get personal communications a couple a week. Plus, I get lots of emails from people that are interested in helping me with information that's going on, uh, that's occurring information about what's going on around the country. So I get many dozens of emails regarding that. So they're kind of unpaid staff members that help help me out and give me ideas or things maybe I have overlooked or, or didn't know existed. So thank you so much for everybody participating, commenting, negative or positive fine i'm i'm good with negative comments sometimes i uh it it makes me or helps me to improve so thank you so much everybody and so here we go um i wanted to start off by talking about uh, a little bit about rush limbaugh uh who died this week and uh so many of us uh have listened to him from when he was at KMYC, sorry, KFBK. He actually was at KMYC for many years, but he started at KFBK where he actually did his live broadcast from there. And uh, he uh, got too big for the station. And not that he, uh, it was an ego thing, but uh, the demand for Rush grew nationwide and so he eventually moved back to new york city and then broadcast out of there for some time and then i think still they broadcast out of new york city but he moved his operation down to florida where he lived before up until the time he died this week pretty sad uh you know uh certainly affected me i started listening to him in the seemed like the mid 80s uh and just really hung on every word and he was so different and uh i don't know whether you remember am radio was not very had, had just gone downhill 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 until rush began to uh broadcast and it, he actually lit the fire for talk radio and off of rush uh hundreds and hundreds of talk radio hosts or programs started from him maybe thousands and, of course, that was before podcasts, and you could attribute even the the uh, popularity of podcasts to Rush as well. 
So uh, I wanted to read uh, a couple of pieces out of the American Spectator, which has been a great magazine uh, edited by Emmett, uh, Emmett Terrell. Uh, and the uh, first one is by a guy that I love is uh, Ben Stein. I don't see as much of Ben. Of course, he's I don't know what age Ben is, but he's been on the movies. He's he's written. He's spoken. But I wanted to read this uh, very uh, kind article from Ben Stein. And uh, it says, he t- the title of it is, uh, Ben is a Jewish uh, man, but I believe he has uh, been converted to uh, follow Jesus. And he said, the title of it is, Thank You, Rush, Eternal Life Grant Unto Him. He says, uh, Rush Limbaugh period, gone, period. Seemingly as permanent a feature on our media landscape as the face of Abraham Lincoln was on Mount Rushmore. The dean of conservative radio talk show hosts, magnetic North Pole for tens of millions of Americans each week, the center of the universe for 15 million each day. I knew him. About 15 years ago, he had me to the studio in his magnificent home in Palm Beach, Florida. He had me there to promote a movie I helped to produce and write and star in. The movie is called Expelled, No Intelligence Allowed. It's about how there is no freedom of speech at our schools for anyone who thinks there might have been an intelligent designer. One, one second's questioning of Darwinism, despite that theory's obvious lack of evidence of any kind, gets you blackballed from academic life forever. Many talk show hosts were afraid to have me on, even conservative ones, but Rush was not at all afraid. Rush had been fighting gigantic opponents all of his professional life. He did not have an afraid bone in his body, but the toughest foe he ever took on was Rush Limbaugh. Rush had undergone major surgery. Afterwards, he had been heavily dosed with painkillers, especially a juicy one called Percodan. I have had it many times, and it, it's hypnotically powerful. Rush loved it so much that by early years of this century, he was taking about 60 tablets a day. That's a lot. But he re- realized that he was in a life-or-death battle with Satan, and he was not going to lose. So he entered the struggle with the ultimate ally, God Almighty, Lord of hosts. He turned his will and his life over to the care of God and surrendered to win, as millions have done before him. And he did win, not immediately. No one ever does immediately. But he won, and when I met him, he was clear in the head, alert, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed. He knew that America, with the same ally, could win any contest, even against ourselves. It was this mingling of the solitary will of the individual, with the omnipotent will of the Almighty, that he saw as the Savior of our nation, first, last, and always. Now he is gone, but his ally is still available to us all, anytime, anywhere, eternally. Thank you, Rush, for your faith on loan from God. That's Ben Stein wrote that, and he he writes in a variety of places, but most of the time I see him in the American Spectator, and I hadn't seen him in a while, and I wondered how Ben was actually doing. I'm going to take me a swig of coffee here. Hold on a second. 
uh, it's, it's late at night in Northern California, and um, I'm feeling great tonight. Thankful to be here, and uh, thankful to have a hot cup of coffee next to me. I want to read uh, uh, one more here before uh, we, we're going to have to take a break. We're halfway through our first segment, but it says R.I.P. Rush Limbaugh, one of the one of conservatism's greatest legends. This is by R. Emmett Terrell, Jr. He may have founded American Spectator, uh, but he's certainly the editor of it. He says, L. Rushbo has become an angel. He fought lung cancer for over a year. During that time, he fought the usual battles against feminazis, environmental wackos, the usual crowd. And he fought for Donald Trump to the very end. Now he is up there in heaven. He carried his battles to a higher level. I am glad I never said a word against him. Yet he fought his enemies with humor. They're real bad ones. Hitler, Stalin, Mao will have another strong voice against them in heaven. But his lesser foes, even the feminazis, even the environmental wackos, will have a forgiving voice up there in Rush. Rush Limbaugh was not a hater. He was grateful for all the good things that happened to him. I remember having a drink with him in the New York in New York City at Carlisle Hotel in uh, in Bimmelman's bar. He was in good humor. There's nothing new about that, but he kept saying, "Only in America, only in America could a guy like me." And then he would finish off his quote. So Emmett goes on and says, frankly, I forgot the last part of his declaration, but whammo, he slammed his beer mug down and with every only in America. He put me in mind of Lou Gehrig claiming to be the luckiest guy on earth. Rush knew that he was pretty lucky too, although he worked for everything he got. He was a consummate pro. To the very end, he never whined or complained, and he always gave his all. A month or so ago, he sent me an email thanking me for something I had done for him. He said, thanks, Bob. Always appreciate and always love hearing from you, end of quote. Now he will have to wait for my bedtime prayers to hear from me. Rush was a great man who should be remembered in all of our prayers. And then I'll do I, one more. So it's a little longer. I may not do it all, but this is by Scott McKay in the same magazine. Three of the writers this week wrote about uh, about Rush. It says, farewell, dear friend. America has lost the finest ambassador of its political values with the passing of Rush Limbaugh. Scott says, I was really hoping I could put this column off just a little bit longer as millions of Americans did. But there was no denying the end was coming for Rush the greatest radio personality in the history of the medium. The lung cancer that afflicted Limbaugh had been chipping away at him for well over a year, and his program had only sometimes been his own during that time. Various guest hosts, many of them excellent in their own right, had filled the space behind the EIP mic, but none had covered the, wor- the void Limbaugh's cancer-related absence left, and none will. Losing Limbaugh creates a gaping hole in the conservative movement that will never be filled. All that's left is to work around the chasm while remembering his legacy. Thanks to Rush, talk radio became the mass media answer to the left's dominance of television, news, and newspapers. It still is. Rush Limbaugh burst onto the national scene in 1988. 
syndicating a daytime talk radio program and giving life to an industry which had all but gone dead. Talk radio had been the province of a number of local hosts, most of them little more than disc jockeys, with, with more to say, but not much to hold an audience. The medium for talk radio was AM dial, which was in deep decline after rock and roll had turned FM radio into the dominant choice for listeners and advertisers alike. But Rush didn't just electify an industry. He showed America what it could do, and he spawned an entire movement in media, which is still growing and evolving today. When Rush came along, conservatism was predominantly a political philosophy of the haves, something to be sniffed at by the practical political set. It was a think tank-driven enterprise, the stuff of long-dead philosophers and egghead academics uh, on their way to being pushed out of the universities by the ascendant post-Cold War socialist left. Ronald Reagan had reclaimed conservatism from the dustbin, injected it with a patriotic populist energy, and Reagan was seen as a great communicator, a backhanded compliment in that it lauded his message-making skills while diminishing the magnetism of the message. By, by Rush married, but Rush married Reagan's understanding of human existence and conservatives' relationship thereto with a middle-class sense of humor, which was joyless, joyous, joyously <clears throat> optimistic and more than a little cynical at times. He offered blistering satire and flew directly in the face of the less early, early attempts to impose political correctness. Limbaugh had no compunction whatsoever about slaughtering each and every one of the less sacred cows, but he did so in a way that was undeniably honest and lighthearted. I'm eviscerating you, was the underlying message, but I'm doing it effortlessly. There is much more I'm holding back. He... Uh, joked throughout his 32 years as a national talk host that he had half my brain tied behind my back just to make it fair. That wasn't just a boast. It was a warning to his detractors. It, it, was, it signified that conservatives didn't need to go to the lengths the left com commonly goes in order to win the argument. Limbaugh won the argument for three hours every day just by offering up what was on his mind. And it was validation for those of us who already agreed with him, who had figured it out on their own with almost no help from the media or the culture. And that was before the culture completely disintegrated into a left-wing abyss. It currently is. Rush brought us together, and he made us realize not only weren't we weren't alone, uh, but there were millions and millions of us, enough to make a majority, enough to win. Once in a while, he would interview guests on the show. He would take phone calls from listeners, but more infrequently than most hosts would. Limbaugh's show was mostly a three-hour tour de force, an exposition of his understanding of the human condition. He believed, as Margaret Thatcher said, the facts of life are conservative. Limbaugh drove that point home again and again over three decades. It's, a one, it's, it's one main reason why he persuaded so many Americans and brought so many of them into the conservative movement. He led the way as the as his success spawned a wealth of talented radio hosts. Talk radio became the mass media answer to the left's dominance of television, news, and newspapers, and it still is. 
And along the way, Rush maintained a spirit of humility, humor, and professionalism for someone who generated an audience of more than 20 million through the sheer force of his personality. Limbaugh was also shockingly lacking in ambition. The giant radio audience would easily have translated into success on television. And Limbaugh made a brief foray into that medium with a late night syndicated show, but local TV stations kept parking it uh, into after midnight time slots. And Limbaugh hated television. He disliked the sc- the scripted nature of it and the chopped up time slots between commercial breaks rather than push forward. He refocused on his core competency. He wrote books that sold millions of copies. He then, but then he tailed off. He kept his focus on radio show. Limbaugh could have hired ghostwriters to keep the books coming, but that wasn't who he was. The kind of success Rush Limbaugh had would corrupt almost anyone but it never corrupted Limbaugh. He suffered through medical issues, especially in the second half of his national career. Limbaugh struggled with hearing loss and had cochlear implant surgery in 2001. That led to a bout with dependence on uh, OxyContin, the opiate painkiller, which so many Americans have struggled with. And he wouldn't let himself be canceled by the left no matter how thoroughly he infuriated them. In 2012, after Andrew... Breitbart's death, Limbaugh eulogized his friend by noting the absolute nastiness of those rejoicing over it on Twitter. Limbaugh opined that Breitbart would delight in the publicly in publicly exposing those detractors for the vitriol and mean spirited spiritedness of the words. Today, those same vitriolic carpers are rejoicing over Limbaugh's death, but we are rejoicing over his life, cut short though it may have been, for Limbaugh was a titan whose shadow plunged his detractors in darkness. He created an industry and fueled a movement that has won the modern American argument. Thanks in large measure to Rush Limbaugh, the left doesn't even bother trying to persuade anyone of their ideas. Instead, they invented cancel culture to stop the argument altogether. They couldn't cancel Rush, so they're trying to cancel the rest of us. We should honor him by continuing the fight. It will it will take all of us to paper over the void his passing leaves behind. Well, uh, we're all saddened by his loss, but uh, we need to carry on the fight. And I'm sure Rush Limbaugh would uh, encourage us in good humor to not give up. I, I was always amazed at his optimism, even after... Uh, election defeats when the the liberals would win a bunch of seats and he would always see the positive side of it and uh, make comments to that effect to encourage everybody so we're going to take a break here we're at our first uh, uh, segment here we'll come back in just a few minutes and start our second okay hang tight banana split for my baby a glass of plain water for me Banana spread for my baby Glass of plain water for me Dispenser man If you please Serve my chick a mess of calories Let's honor also today The black soldiers who fought 
at the Battle of Bunker Hill. So I saw the Vice President's speech earlier today, and I'm not trying to discredit anything she says. I get where she's going with it and her viewpoints, given that it is Black History Month. However, there is something that needs to be addressed because I've been seeing a lot of comments on some posts about the speech that don't just they just don't sit right with me. When you put this uniform on every day, it's not about your race. It's not about that. It's not about where you came from, your race, what you look like. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that when you put this uniform every day, you serve your country with dignity, honor, and respect. And I commend anyone of any race or any walk of life who puts this uniform on every day to serve their country. And I'm proud to be part of an organization that is so diverse. But at the end of the day, we're not white soldiers, we're not black soldiers, we're not Hispanic soldiers, we're American soldiers, and that's what we are. And it's not just about Army either. Any branch of service, you're an airman, a sailor, a Marine, that's just how it is. Race has nothing to do with it. And for our fallen soldiers, we don't present them by their race. We present them as a fallen American hero. Floridians should not have to give up their most intimate information to use a mobile device, surf the internet, or connect with friends and families on social media. The status quo has all been a one-way street with big tech, where they have all the power, they dictate all the rules, they take whatever data they want, when they want, and consumers get virtually nothing except the, quote, privilege of using their own devices that they've already paid for. But we can't let it the heads they win, tails Floridians lose relationship with big tech needs to end. We're going to shift the balance of power back to consumers and away from big tech because Floridians are no longer going to be dictated to by those big tech companies. Starting today, we're going to have a more balanced approach where consumers can, in part, control their most sensitive data and reclaim their privacy. Uh, you've been re resistant to uh, implement mask mandates. Mm -hmm. uh, you're skeptical of their efficacy at times. I never said that, Joe. Don't put uh, words in my mouth. Well, humor me here. What I've bit. said is the appropriate mask at the appropriate time utilized correctly and kept sanitary can make a difference. But I also don't believe it's my role to mandate that people wear a mask. Sure. I've left for the entire year it up to personal responsibility to make the best decisions for them and their families, and I'll continue to do that. So now that the CDC is recommending two masks... Well, the you, CDC has changed their recommendations many, many times. In fact, we've seen the CDC change their recommendations based on political pre pressure in the past. I choose to rely on science and data and facts, and masks can work in certain situations if you're wearing the right kind and you're doing it appropriately. But I'm not going to mandate it. It's not an argument over whether masks work or if they don't work. I've never argued that. What I argue is the mandate. I think the mandate is inappropriate for government to come in and mandate that somebody wear a mask. And I think it's inappropriate for us to shame people who choose not to wear a mask. That's not what America is about, and it's not what South Dakota is about. So no double mask mandate coming? Not coming in South Dakota. So um, I will not be doing that, that's for sure. Taking a couple cup, cup uh, drinks of coffee here, and I'll be starting. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed those articles. I, uh, you know, when we have a funeral after someone dies that we care about, I've done lots of funerals in my time, spoke at funerals, and uh, I was. Uh, it's always sad. When people pass, at least most of the time it is, and even if they're characters. 
But I always remind people that all of us have strengths and talents that uh, we could pass on. And I always encourage people when I spoke at funerals to try to glom onto or grab onto or capture the qualities in the person that died and incorporate those into their own life. And so one thing Rush was, was a, an optimist and because he, he knew he was, he was always on the side of the truth. And uh, so he was optimistic, even in defeat. If we had some election defeats or there were some difficult things that were happening, uh, he was an optimist. And uh, even in some of his illnesses and his, his, a lot of, a lot of people have had surgeries and operations and then found it difficult to get off the medications and so even in how he handled uh, downturns in his life, uh, we can learn from. But I think it's very uh, in- inspiring uh, to remember Rush for what he did. And uh, I remembered him talking about his uh, his life. I think he dropped out of college, and uh, he he worked for a time for the Kansas City Royals. And I, th- I don't know whether they let him go or it didn't work out, but... Anyway, he he did a number of things in life, and then eventually worked into the radio, uh, the the radio programming, and it, and then who who could have who would have thought? I don't think Rush would even have thought. But uh, God bless God bless Rush Limbaugh, and uh, we uh, certainly were uh, blessed for three decades to listen to Rush as we we did we, we ran about our lives. We did we did our lives. So, uh, okay. Well, I wanted to, uh, this, this is a little clip I saw off on the, uh, social media. It said, how about a little dose of truth to help ease that temper tantrum? And there's a picture of, uh, uh, let's see, Greta Thornburg and, uh, who could forget her scripted talk at the United Nations, just a bitter little girl, you know, it says, this guy writes, or this lady writes, I'm not sure who wrote it, to all the school kids going on strike for climate change. You were the first generation who have required air conditioning in every classroom. In fact, I remember growing up uh, in Marysville, California, and uh, in the 50s, and we didn't have air conditioning in our classrooms, and and uh, you just all always knew you're going to have a few weeks of really toasty weather before school let out. But they just opened the windows and let the air in, and that was it. You are the first generation who have required air conditioning in every classroom. You want TV in every room, and your classes are all computerized. You spend all day and night on electronic devices. More than ever, you don't walk or ride bikes to school, but arrive in caravans of private cars. You are the biggest consumers of manufactured goods ever and update perfectly good, expensive luxury items to stay trendy. Your entertainment comes from electric devices. Tell your teachers to switch off the aircon. Walk, ride, or bike. Ride the bus or carpool to school. Switch off those devices and read a book. Eat less manufactured processed food. Learn to research facts and think for yourself and not blindly accept the words and thoughts of others. I've always thought, you know, with all the focus on recycling, you know, it's as if old people didn't recycle right back in the 30s and 40s. 
But uh, there was a lot of recycling going on that uh, people don't, they just ignore it, right? Taking in bottles, all the bottles were recycled. They actually gave you money. We would, as kids, we would actually find bottles and collect them, soda bottles, and, and we're paid for them by the grocer, by carrying them back to the grocers. And uh, people re- recycled all kinds of things. So made compost piles and out of their garbage, right? So it's just interesting how it uh, the the current uh, liberal thing is, uh, oh, that somehow climate change was something that just came on the scene in the 80s or something like that. The other thing I saw was interesting. It was a social media fact checker about COVID. It says social media fact checker approved ways to be healthy. <clears throat> I was just talking to a, uh, a le- uh, emergency response leader tonight on the phone and uh, fire fire chief. Um, and we were talking about the fraud of COVID. And uh, so this reminded me of him uh, as we kind of commiserated about going along with the lie. So you don't, so you can just do your job, right? That's how communism comes about people, socialism and compromise. You just keep doing things that you know are just stupid. It says, social media fact checker approved ways to be healthy. This this could have been written by Dr. Lou, L-U-U. Somebody, in fact, I'll read you the, an email later. The guy, guy said Dr. Lou, and, and my, he used my spelling of my name, Dr. L-O-U. But Dr. Lou is Vietnamese, and her, her name is spelled L-U-U. That's her last name. Uh, so, th- but this could have been written by her. It says, these are ways to be healthy according to the COVID method. Avoid sunlight and fresh air as much as possible. Trap bacteria and germs on your face for at least eight hours a day. Watch television news daily. Get injected with unknown chemicals. I'm just talking to a gal that I've known since my BC days before Christ. She was, she's, she texted me from the Caribbean last night, and, and I said, hey, by the way, uh, I haven't seen her for a long time. I said, hey, by the way, because uh, I, like, I like her, and I'm, I care about her, although I haven't seen her in decades. But I said, hey, by the way, uh, don't take the vaccine. She said, what? <laughs> We're texting back and forth. I said, don't. I said, just do me a favor. If you don't understand what I'm saying, just do what I tell you. Just don't take it. I'll explain it later. She lives here in a neighboring county when she's back in the States. So uh, anyway, we had a little discussion about that. But don't get injected with unknown chemicals. It's amazing to me the people that just trust doctors, right? I don't. I I am thrilled with many doctors that have helped me improve my, my body broken parts they've they they welded me back together i've had a, a number of surgeries back shoulder knee twice knee new knee and it's all been wonderful and i am great so grateful for, to the medical profession but i've had doctors that have molested women i mean i haven't had them but i know of them in our community here where i live a doctor lost his license for uh, doing improper things to females. Doctors have been arrested, and then they killed themselves locally here in the Yuba Sutter, Calusa area for dealing 
uh, uh, opiates. Doctors have been, uh, there was a doctor that was actually worked for right out hospital at one time and operated on people's hearts that was arrested for drug abuse, high on drugs one night, went out of control. Uh, you know, so just because people are doctors does not mean that they, uh, their character is, is right. It does not mean that they are honest people. It does not mean they are, uh, they are good at their profession. And so when I say get injected with unknown chemicals, we have medical people in our country right now that are telling us to just take it and just trust us. That's crazy, people. And that's like going out and, and buying some uh, pills on the street from a drug dealer that you have no idea who made those and what, how much is in them. In fact, just the other day, an 18-year-old boy in Yuba City died of an overdose of fentanyl and Xanax. And, um, but you could take something that you would never recover from. To take the current vaccine is without really thoroughly researching it and studying it. And I, if we have time, I'm going to go over some uh, details about the damage this vaccine is doing to people, killing people, severe harm. Says, get injected with unknown chemicals. That's a, that's a way to be healthy. That's what Dr. Lou tells you. Dr. Lou says, wear a mask. Stay inside your home. Social distance. Everything she tells us is wrong. And not just, I'm not a medical person. I'm talking to medical people. They think she's nuts. You got it? I'm not exaggerating. Nuts, people. If you're Yuba Sutter residents, that's where she's serving. She is a political hack for socialism. Just because she's a doctor, do not trust people just because they got a label. In God we trust, all others we monitor people. I don't care what profession they're in. So it says ways to be healthy, avoid sunlight fresh air much as possible that'd be dr lou telling you that trap bacteria and germs on your face for at least eight hours a day that'd be dr lou's advice watch television news daily it'd probably be dr lou's advice she's she's i think she's a wannabe television host she's on youtube all the time she just likes you know a lot of these medical people i was talking to this firefighter today I, they finally, you know, they've been in labs so long and in studying in the books. Now they finally are now they're like celebrities. Fauci, Frankenstein Fauci. You know, uh, Deborah Weirdo Burks. All right. G get injected with unknown chemicals. That'll be healthy for you. Install a sense of fear and anxiety in your kids. In other words, mask up those old two, three, four-year-olds and say that the boogeyman's going to just kill them. They let that thing slip below their nose. Just great for them, right? Keep them out of school. Put them in a little cage, a little uh, glass cage so COVID can't penetrate the plexiglass or whatever it is. Attack and insult anyone who disagrees with you. I saw this, uh, my friend sent this to me, as I mentioned, a number of my friends send me stuff, and, and uh, I'm very grateful for it. It says, the title is Chinese spy assigned to date Eric Swalwell begs to be sent to labor camp. 
Remember Eric Swalwell? He's right down here in the Bay Area, just below us here in Yuba and Sutter counties, just south of us. He's the criminal, that uh, self-righteous criminal that was attacking Trump for four years. He's a little, uh, uh, little whore for Nancy Pelosi, the pimp over there in San Francisco. It says, sources within the Chinese government confirmed today that that the spy who was assigned to date Rep- Representative Eric Swalwell and get information from him, have sex with him, abrupt, abruptly returned to China and begged to be sent to a labor camp instead. Please don't send me back, she begged after returning to China in 2015. I'll do anything. I'll break rocks. I'll build a railroad. I'll even make shoes for Nike. Just don't make me go back and date that man again. The story was that Swalwell was having sex with a lady named Fang Fang. That's her nickname, Fang Fang. And uh, Fang Fang provided money to Swalwell's election campaign, and he, she also planted interns in his office. This is a communist gal. It's cruel and unusual punishment, she said, which I guess is allowed here, but still, it's not a good look. An international human rights board agreed putting pressure on the Chinese government to stop forcing spies to date Eric Swalwell and other U.S. congressmen. Lots of congressmen are screwing spies. Did you know that? We call on the Chinese to resort to traditional methods of punishment like labor camps, torture, and just straight up executing citizens rather than the cruelty of sending spies to America to have sex with congressmen. President Xi Jinping Ever a, such a gracious ruler granted her request, and she has been sent to a forced labor camp rather than having to go back to date a U.S. congressman like Eric Swalwell. Though several Americans have reported getting strange messages scrawled on the inside of their Nikes, like Chinese or like Christine Fang or Fang Fang, here, please send help, and Eric Falwell or Swalwell really did fart on live TV. So um, that's Swalwell. He's such a wonderful guy that the, the people in the Bay Area who really have a flat spot on the brain, there's something in the water down there that makes them think screwy. Uh, and they, they're into even wearing a couple masks. You know, the latest things, if one mask is good, two masks is better. So, um, oh, the latest, I don't know if you've heard this, H.R. Uh, House of Representatives 484, it's a new bill that they're trying to get passed. It's called the No Glory for Hate Act. Not lying. I'm not joking. This is it. No Glory for Hate Act. Trump's name is not in it, but they are going to pass this to prevent him um, from getting any privileges. says uh, the No Glory for Hate Act would prevent any federal symbol, monument, statue, building, or land from being named after a president who has been impeached twice by the House of Representatives. The bill spells out several specific examples, including military bases, highways, streets, and subways. Uh, The Washington, D.C. public transit system has a station named, for instance, after Ronald Reagan. As private properties, Trump Tower and Trump-branded hotels and golf courses would remain unaffected. Trump's name does not actually appear in the legislative text. Yet Trump is the only president to have been impeached twice by the House, so in practice the bill would only apply to Donald Trump, at least so far. The Democrat-led House impeached Trump twice, first on charges of abuse of power, then obstruction of Congress for Trump's threat to withhold foreign aid 
to Ukraine unless the country investigated his political rival, Joe Biden, then for inciting the, the Capitol Hill riot. Um, so anyway, um, even though they impeached him, he wasn't he wasn't prosecuted for it. So supporters argue that Trump's actions render him undeserving uh, of any such honors or supporters of the bill, not supporters of Trump. Uh, let's see. So anyway, that's kind of interesting. It, it has not passed or work. It's working its way through committee, but it's just this vindictive carpet bombing. You remember carpet bombing term came up under the uh, Clinton administration. It, it, carpet bombing was a concept in military bombing like a Vietnam with B-52s. But carpet bombing then was discussed politically where y- you just wouldn't be happy with getting the advantage of an opponent or winning an election, but you just want to destroy their character, take away their, their license to practice something, something and ruin their life, right? Totally ruin their life. That's, that's what the Democrats are up to. Uh, and finally, I saw the meme and, and then we're going to finish our second uh, section here. Uh, it says who killed more New Yorkers. There's a picture of Osama bin Laden and then Andrew Cuomo. If you've noticed in the news, uh, Cuomo is now uh, being held accountable somewhat for lying about the thousands, underestimating the thousands of seniors that he forced to go back into care homes that were infected with the coronavirus when most people in care homes have core mo- comorbidity issues. Comorbidity is other more serious issues that when you add a bad cold to it, it could cause them to pass, and and thousands did. So instead of protecting them and putting them in environments where they're, they would stay, um, they would have a less chance of being infected. Cuomo actually insisted that they go back into care homes, and tens of thousands of uh, seniors, people's moms, dads, uncles, grandpas, died because of Andrew Cuomo. And now he's facing fraud because he intentionally hid uh, how bad it really was. So uh, Osama bin Laden killed uh, just under 3,000 people in the Twin Towers attack in 2001, September 11th. Uh, Andrew Cuomo, uh, he will uh, – honestly, Osama bin Laden doesn't even – shouldn't even have a a note in the history book compared to the the killing – that Osama bin Laden, that that Andrew Cuomo did, and you could add in the guy down here in Sacramento, uh, Governor Nuisance, uh, he did the same thing. All these Democrat governors used the same. Listen, this wasn't an accident. The entire COVID thing was a fraud from the very beginning, and they all had the same playbook, right? Don't treat people. Don't do preventive medicine like we normally do, but let people go home, let people get really sick. Then we're going to pay hospitals a ton of money. We're going to overload hospitals. We're going to cause a panic. Uh, We're going to lock down everything. We're going to cause people to stay in their homes because they're fearful, right? And cause a big focus on death. Every day we're going to list how many people died. It was all a plan to take over the country. So uh, we're going to come right back to our second, finishing our second segment, and uh, we got some good clips to play. One ringy ding. 
A gracious good afternoon. Is this the party who has answered my call? The Central Intelligence Agency? Good. This is Miss Tomlin of the phone company. Well, of course I know your phone was off the hook. Isn't it amazing the way we can still make it ring? <laughs> no, I know that... Of course I do. I know that this is a private, unlisted number that's changed twice a day for security purposes. It's the same technique we use for our repair service. <laughs> now let me talk to the director. Oh, don't you lie to me. I know he's not engaged in any conference call with the White House. We have that line monitored also. <laughs> oh, very well. I will leave a message. Tell him that phone security has never been better and that all the gang down here at Ma Bell want to wish him luck on his upcoming invasion of mainland China. To all the people shouting BLM and ACAB while also talking about how much they hate America, the only reason you're allowed to do that is because you live in America. Yeah, it's called freedom of speech and many countries don't have it. Freedom isn't free and it's actually a huge privilege. In many eras, you would be shot and killed for criticizing your government. So if you wanna stand on the side of the road with your BLM sign so you can snap a cool Insta pic and appear woke, that's fine. But don't criticize America while doing so. It's called freedom of speech, appreciate it. Florida schools are open for in-person instruction. Every single parent in this state uh, has a right to send their kid to in-person instruction. We have done it the right way. We are not going to turn back. Uh, what the CDC put out five o'clock on a Friday afternoon, I wonder why they would do it then, uh, was quite frankly a disgrace. It would require, if you actually followed that, closing 90% of schools in the United States. Uh, we have been open, they will remain open, uh, and we are not turning back. We've been open the whole time since August. We had kids doing camps and athletics and all that over the summer. And we've been in person as much as anybody in the country. And yet, we're 34th out of 50 states in D.C. for COVID-19 cases on a per capita basis for children. 33 states have more cases per capita than, than Florida uh, for children per capita. And many of those don't have a lot of in-person instruction in school. And so there is no evidence to suggest that school kids should do anything else other than be in school. This has been clear for months and months and months. We followed the data when we worked to get the kids, get the parents the option to send the kids back because we had looked at what happened in Europe, places like Sweden and all these other places. And it does not require another $100 billion. The school reopening plan that makes the most sense, if you want to open schools, open them. Open the door. Let them come in and let them learn. And the only reason that that is not happening across this country, like it is in Florida, like it is in a handful of other states, it's one reason and one reason only. Because the Democratic Party puts the interests of education unions and special interests ahead of the well-being of our children and of our families. These kids have been out of school in parts of this country for almost a year. And if you follow that CDC guidance, they will not go back in this, this school year, and they may not even go back in the fall. That is a disgrace. That is not science. That is putting politics ahead of what's right for kids, that is putting politics and special interests ahead of what 
the evidence and observed experience says. So we're better off as a result of giving parents and kids that opportunity. I can tell you I cannot go out without a parent coming up to me saying how much better it is that their child's able to go to school. And so we're not looking back. We're going to continue going forward. I want to talk about a couple things here. Uh, first, before we get into the thick of it, uh, a promotional item. And uh, if you if you like theater, which I love, a live theater, uh, there is a Creative Light Theater presentation coming up. And we had a theater presentation, or they did, Creative Light Theater, uh, at Christmas, around Christmas time in de- early December. That was one of the biggest turnouts ever. And I think one of the reasons uh, was that people had been locked down and told they couldn't go anywhere. And out there, you could go there and not even wear a mask at the theater production. And uh, people loved it. And it was funny. And uh, it was just a beautiful presentation. Uh, The theater productions at at, uh, Creative Light Theater at the uh, Church of Glad Tidings campus and 1179 Eager Road in Yuba City are are the biggest in the community here, including the ones that used to be put on by Yuba College. Yuba College is effectively shut down. In fact, I just drove by the Sutter campus of the Yuba College that cost a fortune to build, and we passed a bond to build it. It's totally closed, and their, their reader board on Highway 99 says basically – Go to the old campus. If you've gone to the old campus of Yuba College, it's a wreck. It's a total wreck. They're just letting the thing go to pot. I think they're going to let the whole thing go to pot and eventually have a Sutter County campus kick the Yuba County campus to the curb and then uh, send people down to Woodland because all the money is going into the Woodland campus. So, uh, but I was, they, I noticed, you know, they were leaving the lights on at night in the Sutter County campus. I thought, what a waste of money, our tax money, right? They leave the lights on all over this big two-story building. And then all of a sudden, the other day, I was driving by three days ago, and it was pitch dark. And then I saw on the reader board, uh, they referred everybody to the Yuba County campus. Interesting. But the Crave Light Theater produces a couple plays per year. And this one is interesting because uh, it, uh, we haven't done a dinner theater for a while. And it's a dinner theater where uh, there are tables of 10. You can buy a, an individual ticket, if you like, or a couple tickets. But, you, but uh, you can, there's tables of 10. So if you buy a couple tickets, they put you together with other people. Um, but it's, uh, so they serve like a multi-course dinner, salad and, and uh, main dish and dessert coffee all the kind of stuff anyway um i'm I'm not sure what the food's uh gonna be this year but we haven't done a uh, dinner theater in a while but they're gonna do it on uh april 21 22 23 that's a um wednesday thursday friday and so the the wednesday thursday nights are cheaper than the friday night gig so uh the the play is an original play and it was produced years ago and i actually was at this play when it was first produced and it's called choices 
And what it does is examine historically things that happened, things that you would, his, history events that you would know about, and uh, it examines them, and then it goes back and looks at them a second time, like what if they hadn't been, made that choice, but they made a different choice. And they even include some just common day choices, not just uh, historic, major historic events like world wars and stuff. So uh, anyhow, the, 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 uh, the name of it is Choices, and this is the second time they've ever put, they've ever put it on. I think it'll be bigger and better. But uh, so for April 21 and 22, the the charge is $22 per person. That's the food and the, the event, the, the play, or $200 per table of 10. That's the first two nights, Wednesday, Thursday. If you want to go Friday night, the 23rd of April, then it's $33 per person or $300 per table of 10. Now, Obviously, it costs money to put this on, but the the extra money will all go to. Uh, I don't it, in this ad. It does not say what the money is going to be going towards, but it's some sort of benevolent project, whether it's the uh, a, a drug rehab or uh, transitional living or something. Uh, so it'll be going to a good cause, and they'll probably have some auction items there that night as well. But it'll fun night. It's be really uh, everything is a. Th- uh, original music's original. Uh, it'll be a great time. So it's a great thing to do. A lot of businesses will, will, uh, inv- uh, buy a table and, uh, and have their employees treat them to a night out. Right. And, uh, or send them to a night out and get them a table. And they, they usually put the name of the business or name of the family or people. It's a fun deal. I've, I bought some, I think the last one, uh, I actually I was in Vietnam, but I bought a couple tables and I had people just manage the table for me, and we just filled up the uh, tables, and they had a great time. Everybody had a fun, 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 fun. So uh, that's choices, and that's at the eleven seventy nine Eager Road Church of Glad Tidings. And if you want to call them to get tickets, uh, I, I assume that's how they're. It doesn't say here how to get tickets, but I, the old way, unless they got some online way to get tickets, it was uh, you can dial them up at five three zero six seven one thirty one sixty. It's five three zero six seven one thirty one sixty. So it doesn't say in this uh, ad. I pulled this ad off Facebook, but it doesn't take. It doesn't say how to get the tickets. So they'll have to fix that. Okay. So there you have that. Also want to mention that uh, uh, that I have some people that help me. You know, we're almost to 100 shows. I'm shocked that we made it this far. We got <laughs> we did radio for years, five, six years, did hundreds of shows. And now we've done 99 shows uh, on this podcast. So, I'll, oh, let me, let me tell you this, that uh, I think I may have mentioned it last week because I, I think or maybe we just started it last week. Uh, since I'm I'm not writing for the Territorial Dispatch anymore, people got 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 upset with me and uh, said, "Hey, well, why don't you continue writing? Let's just post it on Facebook." So one of my good friends, uh, she made the Facebook page because I don't do that, and overnight she just threw up this Facebook page called Live with Lou, which was the name of the radio program I used to do on KMYC for many years on Saturday morning. So the Facebook page is live with Lou or L I V E 
might might you could say it anyway live with lou live with but it's actually live with lou and on that facebook page we're going to post the articles that i write each week i historically i've i've written two a week but now we can post them anytime we want we don't have to wait for a weekly newspaper so anytime i want to write i can post it there and uh if you want to go there live with lou on facebook and you follow it and like it and follow it then i think you get notified when i post anytime i post something there and you can choose to go look there or not and uh so the people that put up the lady lady that put up the facebook site also is posting the podcasts that we do normally the podcast you can get from your podcast source like itunes or whatever or you can go to the website and uh, listen to the podcast by the way if you ever listen to the podcast and, and it doesn't sound right like there's some technical problems you need to give me a shout out like an email or text or something and we'll go try to fix that for you and uh, but anyway we're posting the podcast so you know, there's actually three places you can get the podcast you can get it on facebook at live with lou you can go to your your uh podcast source and or you can go to nohostagesradio.com okay so one of the guys that's helped us all the way along on this from the radio days to starting a, a podcast and said, hey, Lou, uh, do this and we'll help you, right, is Monty Hecker. And Monty has been such a key guy in the Yuba Sutter area in Northern California in, in conservative political uh, efforts and uh, in currently the recall of Gavin Newsom, recallgavin2020.com. So uh he he and I actually came together and met, although I heard his name around town. We came together and worked on a campaign, political campaign in, in Yuba County years ago, and we got to know each other, and then we just kind of hung together. And uh, so he's been helping financially uh, make this podcast uh, go forth. So I wanted to give a shout-out to him. Thank you to Monty. And also, uh, he runs a, a business that he started after getting out of the retiring from the Air Force, and it's Elite Universal Security. And he serves people all the way up from south of Sacramento all the way to the Oregon border in various counties. So he's always looking for really sharp people who you can trust and are honest, sh uh, sharp, and trustworthy people that he can train to be guards. And many times it's people at the beginning or the end of their careers. Sometimes people retire, but they're bored with retirement and they want to work part time as a guard. Really a good connection. Or they're just starting out and they're maybe too young to go into the police service. They could you got to be 21, I think. But uh, they, you could get some experience starting out and being trained by Monty Hecker with Elite Universal Security uh, in the guard business. And uh, then you could even transition from doing guard work into law enforcement. So you can reach Monty Hecker at U Elite Universal Security at 530-749-0280. 530-749-0280. You can go on their, one of their websites is api-academy. api-academy. Uh, API and it tells uh, all the courses they have, you can do online courses or they have in-class courses. They can help you get your uh, concealed weapons permit, etc. So you can get started with them and uh, go to work. There's a lot of work out there. And uh, or if you need some security, I know there's terrible right now because of the, the covid restrictions politically, the 
police, their law enforcement hands are tied. And many times they're arresting people, but they're releasing them right away because the government doesn't want to, because of all the baloney about COVID, everybody's got to follow these nonsensical rules. Like it's kind of like forcing everybody to put your pants on backwards. And then you try to drop your, drop your pants and you forget that the zippers in the back. It's just, and everybody's following these nonsensical rules as if they're really serious, right? So, so they just arrested a bunch of heroin addicts next door to me last week. And my neighbors were all angry because they just cited and released them all. And so like pigeons that you stir up off a roof or pooping all over every place, you stir them up, they circle, 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 and then they land right back on the same roof. So uh, anyway, there's a lot of thievery going on, vandalism going on, and uh, stealing valuable equipment from farmers, uh, breaking in places, breaking windows. Monty Hecker can help you solve those problems and cut down on people taking the things that belong to you or damaging the things that belong to you. So give him a shout out and he will help you out. All right, I'm going to jump into, uh, let's see, I'm going to, let's see, where are we at? Oh, it's two, let's see, no, we're good. So I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take, uh, introduce something here. There, Klaus Schwab, who is the head of the World Economic Forum, German guy who is a uh, globalist who wants to take over the world and, and wants to subject you. Oh, I'm not going to have time to do this. I'm running out of time, so I'll have to push it to next deal. So uh, let me just hold that thought. I'm going to play a clip about the Great Reset, but I waited too long by uh, talking about uh, talking about other things. So I need nine minutes. So I'm just going to pop that into the next segment. And let me just drop down here and get into something else that uh, we can. We got about six minutes left here uh, today. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay, so it's interesting. Uh, there's there's some people that are working together in the Yuba Sutter County's area to create a constitutional county. And you think, well, why don't you just let the politicians do that? Well, because they won't. So uh, our government, the United States government, the founding fathers intended for you and me to be involved in our government, even though we're not elected officials, that. Never in our uh, the history of the country did the founding fathers believe that it's going to be healthy to just turn your life over to five or six people, five people on a city council, five people on the board of supervisors, a bunch of people in Congress, and just let them make all the decisions for you. If you don't, it's kind of like I said early, in God we trust, all others we monitor. Now, you, um, uh, in other somebody said one day, inspect what you expect you with me inspect what you expect so when you're not looking people are always cheating you it's just it's not it's just a sinful nature of human beings it's a human condition it's a sinful nature and so that's why they they do data releases or news releases late friday so you won't it won't rough people up and it'll sneak past people they're, people are just deceptive. They make decisions when you're not looking. So there's a group of people that are working on work, uh, getting our communities, the Yuba Sutter area, Yuba Sutter counties, two of 58 counties in North, in California, and um, to try to get us back to a constitutional, to operating like a constitutional county. 
<clears throat> now, the wonderful thing is about Yuba and Sutter counties is we have two constitutional sheriffs, Brandon Barnes in Sutter County and Wendell Anderson in Yuba County. <clears throat> and they believe that uh, if there's laws that come out from the from the city council, the board of supervisors, Dr. Lou or the. Uh, the state representatives, our California legislature, or the House of Representatives and Senate, if they're not compliant with the Constitution, then they're going to go with the Constitution. And they're not the first people to say that. There are, there are constitutional sheriffs. That's a different type of a sheriff. That's the old school sheriff. That's the way sheriffing should be. There are a, hand, there are a number of them. I was going to say a handful, but I don't. I think there's a lot more than that. I can't quote you the number, but there's actually a sheriff's conference that are constitutional sheriffs, and they actually can arrest the governor. They can arrest a supervisor. They can arrest a congressman. They can arrest the president of the United States. They can arrest a judge. They have power, constitutional sheriffs. And so so we've had an advantage here during this COVID thing because Dr. Lou has wanted to arrest businesses and churches for uh, not obeying her orders, which are not lawful. They're just, they're suggestions. And, uh, and they're, they're, uh, they're outside the realm of the constitution. However, in other places of California, they haven't got uh, constitutional sheriffs. So down in San Jose in Santa Clara County, in the Bay Area of, of the California, a gym down there has closed after racking up nearly $1 million in fines for violating coronavirus health orders. Now, those are the same stupid orders that are fabricated to make this look like an epidemic or pandemic equal to the Black Plague or yellow fever or smallpox or on and on and on. And it's been a total fabricated, nonsensical, crazy fraud. So the owner of California Ripped Fitness. Now, my friend Chris Gill owns uh, the training zone on D Street in Marysville, and he closed down for months. I'm a, I'm a member down there. And... Uh, they closed down for months and then they opened and not only were they closed again, then they opened and it's, it's been very difficult for them. But this owner of California rip fitness submitted a statement recently of compliance that indicated it wasn't holding indoor operations anymore, but they've been, it says we will be working the, the health department. This is so disgusting. The health department in the San Francisco Bay area County of Santa Clara said we will be working with them on an agreement to resolve the outstanding fines. This is so ridiculous that they're going to force people after sh telling them to shut down all these government people. They did not sacrifice one nickel. They did not lose any of their pensions. They did not lose their, their, uh, their vacation time. Many of them just went home to work. I'm, and I'm telling you, a lot of them were, they're smoking weed, drinking booze, uh, on the, on the job. And I'm not, not making that up. I'm talking about people that have done surveys on people working for home and they admitted they drank alcohol while on the job. It's ridiculous people. And yet the government is turning around and the very businesses that they cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars by shutting, forcing them to shut down, explaining that you're going to cause us all to die. Then they turn around and find them for saying that we can't shut down. We're going to go completely broke. We got to stay open. Then they turn around and they take m more money from them. Unbelievable. People like this should be taken out and shot. So 
uh, the gym sent an email to members apologizing. I feel so bad for these people. It's so hard to make a living on your own. And the fact is the Klaus Schwab's of the world want to shut all these small businesses down because they are resistant to total totalitarian control and where where they just give uh, small people uh, a monthly allotment, like a $600 allotment or $800 allotment, and you're supposed to live on that, and then they tell you what to do. They take control of your lives. They don't want you to be independent and earn your own living. Uh, this is We're finishing up our third uh, segment. I'm going to pick this up on this uh, ripped fitness on the backside. Be right back. Astronomers are baffled over a new peculiar star that has been spotted in the sky, and here with the report is our friend Father Guido Sarducci. Father. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, excuse me, Father. I, I notice you're not wearing your red stripes. Uh, did something happen? You weren't promoted to Monsignor? Well, it was it wasn't just postponed a little bit, oh. Jane. They said it was you know some problem with the paperwork, and you know now I have to wait for the next group. And I don't know if they give me a ring around the bush or what's going on there. <laughs> I think it's going to be okay. I'm going to be promoted soon because. Uh, just the other day, I came up with a great idea, and I think that they're really going to like it and promote me right away. What was the idea? Uh, it's, a, it's a call of the Shrine Mobile. <laughs> Shrine Mobile. I was in at this meeting, you know, and there was all of these cardinals and the bishops, and they was all really down, you know, and depressed because they just got this report back, and it says that the take at the shrines in Italy is off 55%. <laughs> And the reason is because of the price of a gasoline, so expensive, $2.50 a gallon, people just can't afford to drive it to the shrines. So I says to him, you know, where's that old walk on the water spirit? <laughs> you know, I mean, Procter and Gamble wouldn't take it to sitting down. You know, people can't drive it to the shrines. You drive the shrines to the people. You know, I figure you get these old trucks, put the statues on the back, Put the, some rocks around the statues, put the, some uh, like a candles under the hood, you know. You get the seminarians to drive it to pay them peanuts. I figured we could make like $100 a truck a month. You get 100 trucks, it's nothing to sneeze your nose at, you know. So it's gonna be good for me. Oh my gosh, all these people are being so dramatic when they talk about communism and socialism. I mean, it's not that big a deal. Wait, 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 not that big a deal. Are you, are you serious? Yeah, I'm being serious. I mean, other countries have socialism and communism. The Nordic countries do, and they're fine. Um, the Nordic countries have a combined population that's about one-tenth the size of the United States. They have mostly free market economies over there. Uh, they have no minimum wage requirement over there. Uh, they support private property ownership, and they advocate for school choice. Those are not socialist states. Well, what countries are socialist and communist? Um, Venezuela, communist China, Cuba. Under socialism and communism, the individual gives up their rights. 
They give their power and their authority to the state. Well, I don't want to give my individual power and freedom away. I mean, who would? <laughs> yeah, me either. I mean, the question you have to ask yourself is, do you feel comfortable giving your power, your authority over to a select few? And then this select few makes decisions for your family and for your kids. Well, no. What is it they say? Corrupt absolute power. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Right. I mean, absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's why the ideologies of socialism and communism have killed over 100 million people in the last 100 years. These people get this power and then they use it corruptly. It happens every single time communism and socialism is tried. That's why individual liberty is so, so important. Well, huh. I, I've never, never thought of it that way. You don't want to give up your power, your individual liberty to some bureaucrat in D.C. Well, no. I mean, those people are dumber than I am. <laughs>
Well, turn off your brain and start listening because we'll answer that question and more. Klaus Schwab is the head of the World Economic Forum, which is a group of the richest people in the world who want complete control of the world. Recently, Schwab endeared the world when he said, by 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy about it. Wow, that seems like a win-win, and he believes you're dumb enough to fall for it, and you kinda are. So here's how it'll work. Under the World Economic Forum's vision, governments and the super-rich who already control the governments will own everything. That's a win for them. Meanwhile, you own nothing, which is a win for you, according to them. But you'll be allowed to rent things from the government that you need, like clothes, shelter, and a pacifier for your baby. You'll also receive an income from the government. Sounds great, doesn't it? This just in! We're already doing some of that. They're called stimulus checks. In this innovative vision of freedom, you'll be completely controlled by the government because you're completely dependent on the government. <laughs> I smell a social credit score. Will there be a social credit score that requires you to be strictly obedient to the government in order to receive your meager rations? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Does the World Economics Forum vision sound like socialism, communism, and totalitarianism? No, because they're calling it something different. The Great Reset, actually. First, let's be clear. For all of human history, socialism, communism, and totalitarianism has always worked swimmingly. <laughs> it's never created super oppressed and abused people. 100% of the time, it's never done that. That's why you've always seen people from capitalist countries like the U.S risking their lives to flee to communist countries, like Cuba. <laughs> or at least what the U.S. used to be. And still is. Kinda. But if socialism, communism, and totalitarianism is so great, and indeed it is, why are some slightly skeptical about Klaus Schwab's agenda? <laughs> well, that question sounds like hate speech so we'll gladly censor any attempt to even ask it. A better question that you're allowed to ask is, how are the very empowering to the people forms of government, such as totalitarianism, even accepted by the masses in the first place? Now that's a great question. And the answer that you're commanded to accept is, they prey on you by glorifying how great it would be if they took the burden of self-responsibility off your shoulders. Then you no longer have to create your own income, worry about food, or buy things. Because those things take hard work. So wouldn't it be easier to let people rule over you so they can do those things for you? In addition, they also take away people's ability to work, even if they want to, which creates further dependency on the government. This just in! Over 100,000 small businesses in the U.S. have closed because of the government-mandated lockdowns. This also just in! It's all probably just a coincidence. Meanwhile, strong people who are actually happy and successful suggest self-responsibility is what creates freedom and fulfillment. Which means under Schwab's vision, you have no self-responsibility. Which also means you have no freedom or fulfillment. And that's a good thing, because freedom and fulfillment are the principal sources of human suffering. This just in! We think you're dumb enough to let a guy who's never smiled in his whole life tell you what'll make you happier. 
So let's do the Great Reset. <laughs> now, does all this talk of the World Economic Forum wanting a socialist communist state for the entire world seem a little far-fetched? Maybe like a conspiracy theory? <laughs> well, it is. That's why on the World Economic Forum's own website, they're advocating for more Marxism. And if you're too mentally lazy to know what Marxism is, that's why it's all around you already. You've allowed it through your obedience. But don't worry, the water will soon get up to a full boil if you continue not recognizing what you're willingly sitting in. Why would Schwab and the super rich want to rule over you in such a totalitarian way? Well, that's not what they're doing because they call it something different. The World Economic Forum uses cool propaganda to manufacture your consent. They use compelling and definitely not misleading words like sustainability, climate change, and improving the state of the world because that's what they're doing. So why do they want to rule over you in a totalitarian way while you think they're doing something good for the world? Well, fact checkers have verified they would have no motive because it's not like nefarious people who have acquired mega wealth would want more wealth and more possessions. And it's also not like if you owned nothing, then they would own everything. Literally everything. The reality is you'll own nothing and be happy. And they'll own everything and be happier. This just in, Klaus Schwab was born in Nazi Germany in 1938. Guess the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree now, does it? But just remember, you won't be able to own apples either. The World Economic Forum recently had admirable and highly altruistic world leaders address their audience. World leaders like Xi Jinping, the head of the Chinese Communist Party. After his surprisingly pro-communism sounding address, he helped improve the state of the world by immediately having to return to China so he could continue not allowing World Health Organization investigators into his country. Acclaimed humanitarian Vladimir Putin also addressed the audience so they can aspire to be at his level. Putin's sustainability and climate control efforts have recently included having his chief political rival, Alexei Navalny, poisoned because he dared speak out against Putin. After the hit attempt failed, Putin simply had his chief political rival thrown in prison to help improve the state of the world. Putin's humanitarian efforts have recently been elevated even further, as it's recently been discovered that he had a $1 billion palace built for himself using Russian taxpayer money. When Russian citizens, who are very economically oppressed, were asked how they felt about Putin taking all their money to build a $1 billion palace for himself, they were quoted as saying, we own nothing and we're happy about it. As we at this station are big fans of the World Economic Forum, we applaud Putin's efforts to beta test the exact model for the world that Klaus Schwab envisions. Also on the speaker list was one William Gates. Billionaire Billy recently became the largest farmland owner in the U.S. I, for one, feel safer with him also having a monopoly over the food supply now. With the elites controlling free speech, censorship, whether or not you can work, and now controlling the food supply, it feels like we're gaining more and more choice over whether or not we participate in a own nothing and be happy about it kind of world. This just in! 
Mark Zuckerberg is a member of the World Economic Forum. Just thought you should know that. Now, why didn't they have President Biden speak to their audience? Oh, I already said Xi Jinping. It's also unknown exactly what species Klaus Schwab's DNA comes from. Most scientists believe it's a hybrid sequence of a snake and a slug. Yet what is known is that people have spent the past year being very obedient to being afraid when they're told to be. This has likely given Schwab great reason to believe they'll also be very obedient when they're told to think they're happy. By 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy about it. With a complete lack of self-responsibility, an unwillingness to think for yourself, and continued obedience to power-hungry elites, you'll be doing a lot to help create this beautiful new world. Until next time, continue giving your power away. You'll find you get happier the worse your life gets. All right. So uh, that was a <clears throat> critique, sarcastic critique on the great, the parody, the great reset. And uh, I want to just uh, say to you very clearly that if you believe anything that's going on regarding COVID is legit, um, you're just sorely deceived. I'm not going to be able to convince you that you need to do your own research, but unfortunately, most of us have been so dumbed down and lazy, and we've been used to just getting news. If you're watching the mainstream news, I, I, I don't have any hope for you. So if the, the, there's tons of accurate truth out there, good, good information, accurate information that's truthful out there, but you've got to go get it. Now, I'll, I just watched a 15-minute uh, uh, it's actually on YouTube, which it probably won't stay up very long. I hate to say that because everybody says that trying to get you anxious about, oh, it, it, get, watch it before it's taken down. Certainly stuff is being taken down, but uh, this is uh, a lady named Peggy Hall. She's a re researcher and <clears throat> educator. Her name's Peggy Hall. She has uh, the healthyamerican.org, healthy, the healthyamerican.org. She just uh, posted a, a YouTube 15-minute video um, that I have the link here, but it's, it's, it's easier if you, I just tell you the, the topic. It, the title is No Shoes, No Shirt, No Mask, No Service, question mark. Okay, you can just do No Shoes, Four No's, No, 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 No Shoes, no shirt, no mask, no service. Now, if, you, if you've been wearing a mask and you've been debating and all this stuff, this talk, this talk that she does, she's a master researcher. She gets into the law on whether or not you can force people to wear a mask. I don't care whether it's the government forcing you or Target or Walmart or a little coffee shop. It's illegal, and you can sue them. It's just as simple as that. Uh, so no shoes, no shirt, no mask, no service. And it's so good that I, I, I put a link to it and sent it to the sheriffs of our two counties. And I also sent it to the mayors of our two uh, city cities that are county seats. Um, and I also sent it to, uh, well, a couple other people. So and we're also going to send it to the supervisors of Yuban Sutter counties. But it's uh, Peggy Hall 
on YouTube, no shoes, no shirt, no mask, no service. It's a, a very clear, anybody with uh, an honest heart, an honest mind, uh, that's willing to look at the facts, not fiction, not fraud, not baloney, not hyperbole, not uh, hype, but willing to look at the facts and and admit that you've been you've been snookered, you've been punked, and that's what this is all about. And so uh, we have been ran out of meetings. We the, we've had we've had uh, city council meetings shut down. We still have. We still have one city council meeting in Marysville in our area, and we have the Yuba County supervisors are, are still using Zoom. It's totally nonsensical, and they seem to be so troubled and confused on how they can open. And, it's, it's, you know, the sad thing is that these people are our leaders, five leaders that are running an entire county, and they, they can't find their butt with both hands. And so uh, recently— uh, in in Yuba County, people have been writing to supervisors, asking them to open up their meetings to the public. And Gary Bradford, who I understand makes a living in the IT world and lives in a very nice subdivision in South Yuba County where everybody's living in three or $400,000 homes. There are no, there are no uh, shacks out there and no welfare recipients out there. So they, he, he ended up writing back to one of his constituents saying that he thought Zoom was better as actually helped our community to extend the visibility or the access to supervisors' meetings. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, I'd like to have uh, public meetings where people can come. But actually, this has actually been a great deal. So people have written to Gary Bradford and the Board of Supervisors saying not only is it not a great deal in itself— as opposed to um, public meetings, but many people either either uh, do not have proper Wi-Fi in Yuba County. They can't get on Wi-Fi because they're not connected up properly up in the, the hills. Uh, they don't have the technology. They don't have a smartphone. They don't have a computer. And so all those people, if you're going to just do Zoom meetings, they cannot take part which the Constitution promises that we would take part in our government. The Constitution does not say that you, that you have to be in, be able to attend a meeting, but there are uh, a number of legislative codes that says you have to have an open meeting, and you can't take role at an open meeting. You can't ask for people's names if they're not going to speak, if they just come in and sit down. You can't You can't ask for a list of names. You can't. Uh, ask people to pay money to attend a meeting. There's a lot of rules about open meetings, and people have a right to attend. And according to legislation, state and federal, people have a right to attend meetings. So to screen them out and say that somehow Zoom meetings are a replacement is baloney. It's totally baloney. And you can't have emergencies that last for years. And that's what they've done. An emergency lasts for a week, fine. A flood, fine. But you cannot have emergencies that just go on and on and on and on. And I will bet you, the, the, there are codes that say that they have to renew every memo and every declaration of emergency. They have to vote it. They have to continue to re-vote and justify it. They can't just say, oh, yeah, we're going to continue it. You have to justify it and give reasons. And the reasons that Dr. Lou has been given for this COVID are lies. She's a liar. 
She's a fraud. She's deceitful. And she should not be a doctor. I would never go to her. In fact, she I don't think she's ever had a doctor position where she's treated patients. She's just been a bureaucrat, a damn bureaucrat. And she needs to be fired by both boards of supervisors in Yuma and Sutter counties. Now, I'm down to about one minute here, but I want to talk about Gary Bradford. And a lot of the people in Plumas Lake that voted for him, this is his second term. They really like Gary Bradford. That's fine. Uh, that's a part of that's why our government works. But uh, a guy that uh, I'm encouraging people that are listening to this podcast in Yuba County, write the Board of Supervisors. You can you you don't have to write a letter. You can just go right on email. You can go on the website, pull up Yuba County Supervisors and have a list of their emails and write them emails and tell them you want to attend board meetings. And this covid thing is a fraud and they cannot stand behind it and to uh, to keep the people out. So. uh uh, but already people are starting to write and, and communicate. In fact, Gary Bradford on Facebook, he's a big Facebook fan, social media. He put a very deceptive, I don't, I'm not saying he intentionally did this, but he, he put out a, a survey. One question was <clears throat> yes or no. Do you want podcast? Uh, do you want zoom? Would you rather have zoom or would you rather have in-person meetings? Now, that's a very deceptive survey, and I'm going to explain it in just a minute, but we got to take a break. Be right back. He's gone. It's not warm when he's away. There ain't no sunshine when he's gone, and he's always gone too long. Anytime he goes away. Sure, no, no problem. Now, what do you think you're dealing with? Well, I'm pretty sure that I have Tad. I'm sorry, Tad? It's Trump anxiety disorder. It's hard for me to even say his name. Oh. Oh, oh okay. Well, well, let me ask you a few questions, okay? And we'll just see where it, uh, where it leads. Okay. Do you think that the Russians stole the 2016 election, even though there's no evidence to suggest that their involvement impacted their results? Yes, yes. Trump and Putin, they're best friends. So obvious. Did you vote for Hillary because you wanted a first woman president, even though she's a total and complete criminal? I mean, deleting 30,000 emails destroying subpoenaed evidence. Her pay-for-play activities as Secretary of State. I, I could keep going. Yes! Oh, yes! I really, really, really wanted a woman president. So bad! Do you find yourself often saying, it's Mueller time? Hoping that in some way a completely baseless investigation will result in President Trump no longer being your president. Yes. It's your time. Okay. Um, you don't have Tad. What? I, I don't? No. No, you don't. 
you have, I'm a sore loser and I can't get over the loss of an election disorder. You also have, I believe what CBS, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CNN tell me to believe and I am incapable of thinking for myself disorder. You have, I don't want black and Hispanic individuals to get jobs disorder. You also have, I am blind to good things happening to America and Americans because I hate President Trump so much disorder. You're essentially suffering from TWYA. TWYA? What is that? Trump whooped your ass, which is not a disorder, but just reality. Now, if you would kindly stand up, turn around, get out of my office, and go find yourself a safe space. So as long as we're calling out all the groups and individuals that have been completely silent about the child sex trafficking, let's add feminists to the list. Where on earth are my feminists at? You guys should be in an outrage right now. But no, the only thing you care about is having the ability to be able to kill a baby. So I guess it does make sense that when women and children and girls and babies are being sold into sex slavery, you're completely silent. So as far as I'm concerned, the feminist movement is completely canceled. Unchain Wall Street. They're gonna put y'all back in chains. Come here, Joe. Sit down. What's really going on here is white supremacy is not a major force in anyone's life in 2020. But the media is pushing a hoax on us. Remember Jussie Smollett's, Bubba Wallace, remember the Covington Cross kids? It's a hoax and there's ghost hunting going on. You see, when no one's racist and we don't know who, who are we gonna ask? CNN! They'll tell you if you look at all the recent forms of terrorism, racism, and murder, looting, and rioting in the streets, it did not come from any white supremacists. They were nowhere to be found, and yet BLM and Antifa were everywhere. Right after that, I also disavowed David Duke. When we looked at it and looked at the question, I disavowed David Duke. So I disavowed David Duke all weekend long on Facebook, on Twitter. So uh, we're back here. I'm talking about Supervisor Gary Bradford. He serves at the uh, the county of Yuba and serves the South County called Plumas Lake area. It's primarily new subdivisions down there in the last ten years, and uh, it last actually almost twenty years. Some of those houses, but they're very nice homes. It's a very nice subdivision. It's some of the most modern subdivisions that we have in Yuba County. But we have a lot of people in Yuba County. It's one of the poorer counties uh, in the state of California. It's not the poorest, but it's one of the poorer. And uh, the the annual household income uh, in many counties, uh, just one person makes as much money as two people do in Yuba County. But uh, that that aside, many people do not have access. <clears throat> they They may have access to the Internet. But they don't know how to get on Zoom. And we had some people just recently in the last supervisor meeting had trouble getting on the Zoom feed 
to watch the supervisors. They wanted to take part, like Gary Bradford's encouraging uh, people to take part in Zoom. They tried to take part and couldn't couldn't actually get on the Zoom, even with the help of a county clerk, the the supervisor's clerk. So uh, anyway, uh, Zoom isn't as easy, and you have to download the app, right, the Zoom app. Anyway, uh, it's not as easy as Gary Bradford said. But what he did is some, uh, for instance, I'm going to read this this letter. Uh, one of the listeners, I won't mention his name because he didn't he didn't say to, but he wrote to, he said, Dear Mr. Bradford, I'm writing about board meetings that continue to be conducted on Zoom video conference and audio teleconference only. Locking the public out of personally attending board meetings is unconstitutional. I learned from Lou Benninger's No Hostage Radio broadcast podcast that you want the meetings open to the public. However, you believe that you are reaching more people uh, with this technology. Maybe you can conduct a survey to show that this is true. Well, actually, Bradford took this guy up on it, and he's doing a survey, and I'm going to talk about that after I finish the letter. So he says, honestly, the writer says, honestly, you limit democracy by not letting the public into meetings and overestimate technology because not everyone has the proper equipment or the equipment itself to join meetings through Zoom, and in turn, again, that in turn, again, limits democracy. If you want to provide a better outreach to the people, may I suggest hybrid meetings, opening both the door to the public and have Zoom meetings as well. Even better, run an ad in both local papers, the Appeal Democrat and the Territorial Dispatch, every day for a week before the meeting describing how to set up Zoom and hopefully at that same time announcing that the Board of Supervised Meetings is open to the public. Now, this guy isn't suggesting doing that every week. He's just trying to say, listen, if you want people to use Zoom, educate them on how to do it, right? If you if you really want to switch over a lot of people and open up the meetings to people throughout the county that don't want to attend or cannot attend, so, uh, for instance, uh, I, I was doing teaching at the Yuba County Jail, and uh, w- they had to discontinue it because of COVID for a while. But they said, Lou, we, we can't have you come in, but we could have all your teachers come in on Zoom. So I had done Zoom. Uh, a couple times I'd done Zoom where people invited me to a meeting, and uh, I got on, and then, then I had trouble getting on. So when they wanted me to teach zoom, I finally called my it gal that helps me fix my computer when I have a problem. And she came over and I paid her to download zoom and to help me figure out how to use it. Now I'm, I'm fairly intelligent, but I have trouble. I use computer every day, all day I'm on the computer, but sometimes apps throw me and, and, uh, it doesn't work. So it took, a smarter person than myself assisting me. So what this guy is suggesting is very realistic. He's saying, Hey, there's a lot of people in the County that maybe have technology, but they don't know how to use the zoom and they need handheld to use the zoom. So why don't you educate your, your constituents? And he said, there's other people that don't have the technology, so they can't use the zoom, right? So maybe do a hybrid meeting. I think it's a great idea. So the guy goes on to say, I encourage you and other supervisors to conduct open door meetings and to stop governor Newsom and Dr. Lou, that's L U U from making decisions that the board should be making themselves. Uh, God bless sincerely. And the guy's name now. So what, what Gary Bradford did is he, I, I haven't seen it myself, but he, on this uh, group, Facebook program they have out in uh, Plymouth Lake that's a closed outfit just for their people. He took a survey 
and he asked his constituents, would you prefer, would you want Zoom or would you want open meetings? And so they chose one or the other. Now, the far, the, the massive majority chose Zoom, but that's a deceptive survey that if you really want to know people's the way things should go, you need to have proper survey questions. And many times people ask the wrong questions or they don't have, have ask enough questions. So the idea in our Republic is that meetings would be open according to the Brown act and other acts that talk about open meetings, that meetings should be available to the public. Now, before technology, that meant that the meeting doors would be open and the decisions would be made at the public meetings. The debate and decisions would be made at the public meetings. When technology came and then they offered, even before COVID and before Zoom, they had live streaming and then they would record the meetings and you could actually go back and watch a meeting. Say if you're working at the time of the Board of Supervisors meeting, like some of the meetings are during work hours. So the only way to watch them is to go and watch a recorded meeting if you're really concerned about a particular issue, right? So what this gentleman is writing, this constituent and a guy that listens to the podcast, he's saying, hey, we've learned something. Maybe the podcast is a good thing for people that maybe they, maybe they're, they can't go to a meeting. They're, they're in a wheelchair. They're physically restrained. They're older people. They don't drive, but they'd like to have input on the meetings. They'd like to zoom the meetings. He said, you could do the zoom meetings, but that does not replace the, the advocacy of, of there's nothing like a participant, a live body coming into those meetings and standing up and presenting their case to the board of supervisors there. You don't have the pop on zoom. And uh, so it's what he's saying, and I'm saying there's no substitute. So when Gary Bradford says, do you want Zoom or do you want a live meeting? Most of the people are taking Zoom because out there in South County, that's a long drive just to come into the Board of Supervisors meeting. And the, the board meetings are during the during the day, for goodness sakes. They're not at night when a person could go come home from work and go. So there should have been another question asked. Third question, one first question, would you like Zoom? Second question, would you like to attend in person? <clears throat> Third question, should Zoom and open meetings be offered simultaneously? Right? That should have been the third opportunity, right? Uh, and you could, checked, you could have checked uh, one or more, right? So you could have checked, my preference is Zoom, but we should offer both. Right. So it's it's a so if Gary Bradford goes to the Board of Supervisors meeting and says, well, people really prefer Zoom. That's not really the whole issue. The question is. To fulfill the mandate of our republic, which is a government of the people, by the people, for the people, you cannot have a government that's by the people and of the people if the people are. The only way they can tip uh, chip into the meeting is by Zoom. It just does not work. And I don't care how good it's going to work. People, there's nothing like it. It'd be like, for instance, I'll give you an example. My friend Randy Mitchell at Uppercuts, the Consumer Affairs Board uh, cited him for operating a barbershop 
and not not doing social distance, not wearing masks and staying open while they said to close. So they had a hearing. That hearing was a phone call, not a not a not a Zoom call. It was simply a conference call. The judge was on the line, the other end. The attorney for the state was on the other line. And on this end of the line was Randy Mitchell and his his uh, partner, Charlie. That was it. They did not get to face their accusers in court. That is a huge ripoff. If you cannot go to court and face and look at your accuser and point at them and even raise your voice at them. That's a part of our, our system is to be able to confront people physically. Am I saying don't do you zoom or don't use live stream? Nope. I think they're both positive things, but they do not replace the the open meeting, which is a part of our system, our political system. And to argue that is, is crazy. And it's, is a violation of our constitutional rights. Again, it doesn't specifically say in the constitution that we have a right to an open meeting, but there's all kinds of government code laws that tells you how to have a public meeting and what has to happen in a public meeting. And obviously a public meeting has to have the public in the meeting. It's crazy. So the, he Bradford may have had good intentions with his survey, but it's a flawed survey. It did not ask enough questions. Uh, because if you said, if he said, if you ask this one question, do you think that our meetings should only be offered with zoom? Most people would have said, no, that's ridiculous, right? The fact is that in rural areas, there's a high percentage like 16, 17, 18, 20% that don't have any access to, uh, they either don't have the technology or they don't have the access to Wi-Fi or something. They don't have a strong enough signal. And to cut those people, the way our system works is that our system, a public meeting should, in other words, if there are 10 steps to get up into the meeting without a ramp for a wheelchair, you violated the, uh, Americans Disability Act, federal act. You have to be able to have, like in Marysville, their meetings are upstairs. They have to have a uh, n- not just a ramp. They can't even you get a ramp up those stairs. You have to have an elevator. You, in other words, if you're going to make it it's so that people with disabilities can get to your meetings, for goodness sakes, that's not 16% of the population. That's a very tiny percent of our population, people that are disabled and can't get into the meetings unless you provide an elevator or a ramp. If you got 16 or 18 or 20% of the people that, that are healthy but they can't, they can't connect on uh, Zoom, that's, or it doesn't matter whether they're healthy or not, they can't get on Zoom, that's a, that's a lot worse than the ADA restrictions. It's crazy. So uh, at the Marysville City Council meeting this last week, there were a couple people talked to the city council. I understand. I didn't listen to it. But the new mayor, Chris Branscombe, uh, said, hey, I want to get these meetings open. And the fact is, if anybody, you know, you know, here's the sad thing. You pay these county administrators nearly $300,000 a year. You pay these city administrators one hundred dollars to $200,000 a year. And these people cannot figure out 
the science on mass social distancing and social isolation. And they want to run your county. They want to run your county and spend hundreds of millions of dollars. And they can't find their scientific butt with a whole with both hands. It's unbelievable how stupid they are. They're the lamest. They send they 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 write they write letters to glad tidings trying to convince the church to put on a mask. The county administrator, Steve Smith, the guy needs to be fired. We just overlooked this stuff. This stuff, you're telling me that a fabric mask is going to stop me from breathing in germs. You know, think the only way you're going to stop from breathing in germs is to stop breathing. That will that will take care of it. That stops any germs from from being breathed in. You got it? Just stop breathing. Fauci says, wear two masks. I mean, that Fauci, he's a Nazi. He should be taken out and shot. He is. These people have killed people with this darn COVID nut, nut stuff. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So we have two agencies, two jurisdictions right now, both in Yuba County. The Yuba County Supervisor and Marysville City Council. And thankfully, uh, it looks like the mayor of Marysville, Chris Branscombe, is taking lead to get the meetings back open over there. It looks like the city, the supervisors are dragging their feet at the county level. And you know something? The guys who understand it don't have any balls. They just need to make throw a fit about this. And the fact is, uh, I talked to, we talked to an attorney about this that's one of the top election law attorneys in California. And he says, we could, he said, yeah, you're going to win it, but you got to file a lawsuit. So that's what's that's if these guys don't turn around and open stuff up, either we're going to pick it and make a big stink about it or we're going to file a lawsuit. So seemed like that's all Yuba County. Yuba County supervisor does not mind spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to hire hire outside attorneys to defend lawsuits, even when they're stupid. They're totally going to lose. So uh, just it's just a disgusting deal. All right. So uh, that's that. And. uh Oh, this is an interesting thing. Did you know that it's going to be the, the, the Gavin Newsom recall is succeeding, right? And, and they're going to make a big deal, the Democrats, out of verifying every signature. Do you find something unusual about that, that they're going to make, they're going to get real picky about verifying every signature? Like if they, you know, if you have a middle initial in the way you registered and then, then you don't include the middle initial on your petition, or if you if you changed addresses or if you kind of signed your name a little bit different than when you registered, they're, they're going to compare all those things with your original registration, right? Do you, and, and they're saying how they're going to get really nitpicky, right? Do you see anything wrong with that? Do you, did you remember that on the ballots, they didn't see any need to verify any of the, any of the ballots, these mail-in ballots, the Democrats, no problem with just trusting people, Right. It's kind of interesting how it just depends on what the issue is on, on what the rules are. Right. So uh, certain things you need, you don't need an ID, then you need an ID. Right. We need an ID for hundreds of other things to do business in our country. But then if we. Uh, but election, election law, importance of election. No, no ID. You can you can. Oh, you know, we'll just send out. You can get multiple ballots. We don't need to check it. Everything's cool. Right. But on the on the Gavin Newsom thing, they're going to just like go through it with a fine tooth comb, as they say, 
million and a half petition signatures or maybe up to two million with the pace right now the pace is picking up on signatures so if you haven't signed please sign you can go on to gavin uh recall gavin it, the site is recalled gavin g-a-v-i-n 2020.com and you can download a petition you can print off a petition and you can sign it and send it right in you can sign it yourself you can get your friends to sign it you just have to have the same county signatures on one petition. If you have two counties, have two petitions. Or uh, you can go to the Recall Gavin 2020 site and you can find on a Facebook site for your county and find out where the signups are in their county. Now, there there's also envelopes coming to a lot of, I, I know, uh, I don't know whether it's just Republican uh, registration people. People are registered Republican. There's a lot of there's a mail system going where they're mailing you a petition. You may have got a, a petition in the mail from them. So, um, but you can uh, also locally here in Yuba Sutter counties, uh, there there uh, there's these pop up tents that are around town where they're getting signs sign ups. But at Monty Hecker's place on uh, Featherer Boulevard, let's see. I've, I always. I want to do it from memory, but I always want to look to make sure I get the right. It's 5548 Featherer Boulevard, just south of Marysville. You can sign up at his place seven days a week. Just go in. Honestly, by the time you park, walk in, you're done two minutes. Boom, you're done. And uh, you can get out or you can take a petition with you. So let's get those signatures. Let's get the, they say maybe by June, I heard maybe June we could have an election and so we could uh, vote, you know, if you just sign, it's going to get on the ballot. Then once it's on the ballot, then the question is to everybody, do you want to recall Gavin or not? Some people are going to say, no, we don't want to recall Gavin. We like him. But the question is, do mo- most of us want to recall him? So it's, all we need to do is have one more vote than like him to not like him. And he's recalled just one more vote. And then uh, you have a secondary choice on that ballot on do you have a whole list of candidates to vote for to replace him. And, and the, the guy or gal that gets the most uh, votes on the on the replacement, that person will take over uh, in just a short period of time, a couple months that they'll they'll the new person will come in. And somebody said, well, how long will they serve? They'll serve out the rest of Gavin Newsom's term and then they'll have to run for office right they'll just serve finish out the term and they'll they'll uh then the next when he's coming up for election i think i think he's coming up for election maybe 2022 uh so uh i could be wrong there but however long the term is it, it's it's certainly not a full four-year term left so they will have to start over all right we're at the end of our fifth uh, segment and um we're coming back for our final segment here in a minute all right When they go low, what do we do? What do we do? We go high, right? Am I right? All right, guys. And always remember, love, love trumps hate, right? Love, just love. I'm with her. 
I am with her. We all, we all just need to coexist, right? Just co, coexist. Mm. Hey, this one, right here, this one, this one's tolerant. That's right, tolerance. We don't see eye to eye, and that's okay. Progressive liberal here, right? I am not offended. You cannot offend me. Yeah, yeah, I thought, I've thought about blowing up the White House. I've definitely thought about blowing up the White House. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't coexist with them. I can't. We're gonna get a picture of Trump. Oh, we're gonna get a, a fake Trump head, right? And then we're gonna hang it up, right? Like we beheaded him, right? Right? And then take a lot of pictures, get a lot of press. It'll be great. It'll be great. Let's, let's do that, okay? Resist. Yeah, I'm a Democratic leader. F Trump, right? F Trump. Man, F him. <laughs> Not my president, right? Not my president. <laughs> You're President McFatface. <laughs> been the privilege of my life for 30 years to have been taught everything of value by gang members and in the last few years they've taught me how to text and so I'm really grateful to them because I find it sure beats the heck out of actually talking to people and and I'm pretty dexterous at it uh, lol and omg and btw and the homies have taught me a new one ohn which apparently stands for oh hell no And I've been using that one quite a bit lately. <laughs> My alma mater, Gonzaga University, uh, called me and said uh, they were going to have a big talk on a Tuesday night with a thousand people. And so I, you know, uh, I said, sure. And they said, can you bring two homies with you? And I always pick homies who have never flown before just for the thrill of seeing gang members panicked in the sky. <laughs> I've never picked anybody more terrified of flying than this guy, Mario. He was just absolutely petrified. In fact, he was hyperventilating. <gasps> and we hadn't even boarded the plane yet. And then our, our flight crew arrives, and I see two flight attendants, females, and they both have very large cups of Starbucks coffee, and they're schlepping up the front steps. And Mario goes, when are we going to board the plane? I said, as soon as they sober up the pilots. I should tell you that Mario, in our 30-year history at Homeboy, is the most tattooed individual who's ever worked there. His arms are all sleeved out, neck blackened with the name of his gang, head shaved, covered in tattoos, forehead, cheeks, chin, eyelids that say the end, so that when he's lying in his coffin, there's no doubt. And so I'd never been in public with him, and we're walking, and people are like this, and mothers are clutching their kids more closely. And I'm thinking, wow, isn't that interesting? Because if you were to go to Homeboy on Monday and ask anybody there who's the kindest, most gentle soul who works there, they won't say me. They'll say Mario. He sells baked goods at the counter at our cafe. He's proof that only the soul that ventilates the world with tenderness has any chance of changing the world. So the nighttime talk comes and it's a thousand people and I invite them up to share their stories in front of all these people for 
five minutes each. They were terrified, but they did a good job. And honest to God, if their stories had been flames, you'd have to keep your distance, otherwise you'd get scorched. I invite them up for Q&A, and, and I said, yes, ma'am, and a woman stands, and she says, yeah, I got a question, it's for Mario. First question out the gate. Mario steps up to the microphone. He's a tall drink of water, skinny, and clutching the microphone, and he's terrified. Yes. And she says, well, you say you're a father, and you have a son and a daughter who are about to enter their teenage years. What advice do you give them? What wisdom do you impart to them? And Mario clutches his microphone, and he's just terrified, and he's trembling, and he's getting a hernia trying to come up with whatever the hell he's going to say when, when finally he blurts out, I just... And he stops, and he retreats back to his microphone-clutching, terrified retreat. But he wants to get this whole sentence out. I just don't want my kids to turn out to be like me. And there's silence until the woman who asked the question stands and now it's her turn to cry and she says, why wouldn't you want your kids to turn out to be like you? You are loving, you are kind, you are gentle, you are wise. I hope your kids turn out to be like you. And a thousand total perfect strangers stand and they will not stop clapping. And all Mario can do is hold his face in his hand so overwhelmed with emotion that this room full of people, strangers, had returned him to himself and they were returned to themselves. And I think you go from here to stand with the demonized so that the demonizing will stop stand with the disposable so that the day will come when we stop throwing people away and you stand with those whose dignity has been denied and you stand with those whose burdens are more than they can bear and you stand with the poor and the powerless and the voiceless make those voices heard for our final segment and uh, all right I'm just looking over my notes here so we have 20 minute segment here I want to mention a couple other uh, people that helped me uh, do this podcast and and one is Dave Greenitz with Greenitz Construction in fact I mentioned the Creative Light Theater earlier he uh, Dave and his wife Leslie uh, put together the theater and uh, it's an amazing partnership between the two of them. Dave is a, a superb carpenter, and so he actually and a, he and a crew build the sets, which are they're a knockout. Actually, it's amazing. So he builds the sets. His wife designs them. He builds them. Uh, she is a professional artist, Leslie. So. Uh, she has a crew that paints with her. They paint the sets, design the sets, 
build the sets, paint the sets, and then she writes the plays and directs the plays. Huge amount of work. It's amazing. She's never been paid. They've never been paid. They've served for 30 years in this capacity and entertained tens of thousands of people. It's been awesome. It's uh, They're wonderful people. They're servant-hearted people, and they've made a huge di- difference in our community, Yuba Sutter counties and throughout. Even people travel from other counties to see the place. So uh, Dave Greenitz Construction is uh, in their own right, even if they hadn't done a lot of good work in the community, he is the, the premier uh, bath and uh, kitchen remodeler, entryway, uh, deck builder. Uh, they do superb work, and it's so good that I think some people think they probably grab stuff, photos off the Internet, and use them on their sites. But if you go to his, uh, you don't have to take my word for it. He's a friend of mine, but I honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie to you about it. I, I would, I, if I was going to remodel any kitchen or bath, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even consider anybody else because they're honest. They, they do the job when they say they're going to be there, when they say they're going to call you, when they say they're going to do something, they do it and they do a superb job and there's, it just done right. Right. And you don't want to spend 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 on your home and end up with something that's screwy. It's just a bummer, right? It's just a bummer. It's like getting a great bowl of soup and a fly lands in it. Just, you know, it just ruins the whole deal. So greenitzconstruction.com. It's green, G-R-E-E-N, just like the color with E-T-Z on the end, greenitzconstruction.com. On that site, you can see before and after and a lot of their fin- their finished products. You can, you know, instead of going and asking, hey, can I go visit this house? You, you know, you can just see it right there. Boom. And uh, and then if you want to go on Facebook, it's Dave Green, it's construction, right? So each of these sites, you can actually send them a, a note. And, and if you don't want to talk to them, you just want to do an inquiry or ask a few questions, whatever, whatever. Or you can do old school. You can dial them up. And the interesting thing about, you know, how many people have you called and, and you get a voicemail or you get a secretary, right? Nothing wrong with secretaries or office managers or whatever. I'm just saying that he answers his own phone. You either get him a message and he'll call you back. You don't have to go through layers of people. You can just talk to the duck. So 530-682-9602. 530-682-9602. You're not going to find anybody better. You're going to have to wait. He's not going to be able to uh, do your job in a month. It's going to take a bit. But, uh, you know, my feeling is it's just like when I've, when I've had to have surgery, had something special done or you know, if I want quality, right? I want to get quality. And, uh, and so certain things is certain things in life are willing to wait for. Don't you agree? So, uh, give him a call and talk to him about your job and, uh, he'll give you some good advice. Okay. Five, three, zero, six, eight, two, nine, six, zero, two. The other people are pl- the plumbing doctor, and uh, nothing fancy about plumbing. You know, when you need it done, you need it done. Whether you need water and you can't get water or the hot water heater's down or you got to plug up, slow drain, and you got kids and or the, the you know, the washing machine's not draining out, the, the, you know, it's, it's goofed up or something's broken. It's just like, ugh, crazy. Or you get, if the water, the entry line into your house is bubbling up, out of you know if you're on um, uh, city water or something and your main lines broke you know tree snapped it or something or somebody 
sunk into it, but you know, just like crazy stuff happens, right? Or the sewage, the sewer line going into your septic tank. Ugh. I've been on septic before and that stuff happens. It's just like, oh, brother. So plumbing doctor can fix you up and they'll work 24 hours a day. They work any day of the week. 530-671-9111. 530-671-9111. And, and, uh, we just give him a shout out for helping us. Thank God for all these people helping us. So I also, I wanted to mention, we finished our, uh, in trauma intervention program, which is a, uh, we, we work with the 911 system, all the agencies, all 30 agencies or so in the Yuba Sutter counties, fire, law enforcement, bi-county ambulance, Adventist hospital. And in the fourth quarter of each, each year, we do a fundraiser and we just, you know, we used to do dinners and all that stuff. COVID, you can't do dinners anymore, but we, we kind of got away from dinners a few years ago. Some people didn't like that because they, they were fun. You know, there's fun. It's a good, great food, but it just wasn't, you know, we, anyway, I don't have time to go into all the details why we changed, but we just simply asked people for some help. You know, tip is nobody's making a lot of money on tip. We, we are all volunteers, but all the money goes to serve broken people. You know, about 65% of calls every month are people that uh, have a death in the family. It's hard. And so we're, we're trying to make it less hard, you know, to go through the worst day of your life. And so, uh, Anyway, we ask people for some help. It's all benefiting police and fire and nurses, docs, as well as their clients. And so anyway, I just wanted to thank everybody that helped us. We raised about, first of all, we raised about through just hunt 10, 15, 20, $30, $100, $200, a couple, a couple large gifts. Adventist Hospital provided us $5,000. Bi-County Ambulance gave us $2,500. There were a number of donors that gave us 1500 you know, North Star Construction, Russell and Bulls Painting, a number of people. And then, but lots of people gave us 500, 200, 300. Anyway, so we raised about $33,000, which is a huge help. It's the most we've ever raised. Uh, we can't run the program just on $33,000 for a year, but it's a huge shot in the arm. Well, then uh, we got a, I, I was driving down the road one day, and I got a call from a lady who works for Raley's, the, 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 the food people, the, the supermarket people, the grocery store people. And uh, really, Raley's has got a huge, great reputation here in our uh, Northern California, and they, they also have other markets, Bel Air and, and – uh, and others besides that. But anyway, they called and they said, hey, we got, we heard about you guys. And I said, well, that's amazing because, you know, they have a Rayleigh's here, but the headquarters are down south. And they said, we want to we want to help you. So I thought, oh, well, maybe they'll give us a few hundred dollars or whatever. You know, I thought that'd be nice. And because uh, we've had, you know, one of the local people that's consistently helping us is Grocery Outlet over here on Calusa Avenue. And the other one is Whole Earth, uh, or, not Whole Earth, but New Earth Restaurant out on Tharp Road. New Earth has been a huge help. Uh, they have a special program they do over there. You can donate at the cash register as you check out. And um, so they've been great at, at uh, just allowing people to give us five bucks or 10 bucks or 20 bucks. But that's huge because a lot of people go through New Earth. So they've been a great supporter. New Earth, Sam's Club has been a great supporter. Walmart's been a great supporter. So Rayleigh's called, and I, I've never worked with Rayleigh's before and never asked them for money. And they just said, Lou, we want to give you some money. I said, well, great. That's great. And and I didn't ask them how much. I, I was 
grateful for anything. And they sent us a check for $20,000. So uh, it, that's the most any local uh, entity has given us. We had the Hank, Hank, Ch- Hank Sanchez Foundation uh, one year, their golf tournament. It's a fundraiser for Hank, who's a friend of mine and friend of many people's actually in Yuba Sutter area. They do a fundraiser every year and donate to a nonprofit. And one day, one year, they chose us and they gave us, I think it was over $20,000. But for a business to just write us a check for $20,000, it's the most in 27 years, the most we've ever gotten. And so we're very grateful to Rayleigh's. And we just got the check here the other day, deposited it. And uh, so we're very grateful to Rayleigh's and their generosity. And uh, they're just not generous with trauma intervention. They've been. I think they give away hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And so God bless them. And thank you so much. We're going to run a uh, ad this coming week in the territorial dispatch listing all the various people that supported us and uh, this last uh, quarter in our fundraiser. So I just wanted to take time to thank everybody. We do receive gifts throughout the year. So if you want to give to tip, you can, if you ever, have some money and you want to give to a place that's really getting it done. We did 41 911 responses last month in January. That's a pretty busy month for us. And uh, so if you'd like to help us ever, you can just send a check to TIP, P.O. Box 645, Marysville, California. It's TIP, P.O. Box 645, Marysville, California. If you forget all that, you can go to yubasuttertip.org uh, or uh, on the internet and uh that's our website or if you ever need help with resources somebody something bad happens in your family you can go to that website yubasuttertip.org and you can go to just click on the when it comes up on your computer just click on resources you'll go back there there's lots of material there that's a huge help to families going through a very difficult time or if you ever need something special you can just call us off that website and uh, we will help you. So you can also donate on the website as well with credit cards and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so that's uh, yubasuttertip.org. So thank, my main reason to bring it up was to thank everybody because we, uh, we talked about it quite a bit in the last quarter of the year. And it was a big success and helped us out so we can do better and help our emergency responders. As we help people, it takes pressure. According to the emergency responders, it takes pressure off them during their job when they're trying to investigate what happened, clean off the roadway, uh, figure out who who did something to who. Uh, We're able to work with all the survivors who are very upset at the scene. So, uh, okay. Uh, I wanted to mention again, I think I got into this last week, <clears throat> but uh, I want to touch on it again. There, Throughout the United I wrote an article, if you want to go to Live with Lou on the Facebook site, there's an article we're posting uh, that should be posted by the time you listen to this about the Second Amendment. And it isn't just like what the Second Amendment, which has to do with uh, the government. Uh, it's a warning to the government not to violate our rights to own and use guns, right? Not to violate. That that's what the word infringe means, not to not to violate or invalidate. So what's happened is they've done that. And so back when I was a youngster in the uh the city of Marysville in Northern California, uh when I learned to use a gun, my dad when I was 12 years old, you could go get a hunting uh, uh perm- you could get a license to hunt. And um so I went through a, a gun course to teach me gun safety through the rod and gun club. And, uh, 
And back then, uh, a kid that was 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, you could carry a gun and and walk from your house or, or ride on a bicycle and carry your gun and go out outside the city and shoot. You couldn't shoot inside the city, but you could go out in the, the, the rural area and you could shoot. But uh, it was not illegal to do that. And but but over the years, uh, the legislator has violated the Constitution repeatedly, although activist judges have not enforced any of those uh, anti-Constitution rules. So we've had we have now have all kinds of rules that you have to get a background check to buy a gun. You have to get uh, if you want to if you want to carry a gun concealed in your vehicle, like under the seat or behind the seat. Uh, or if you want to carry a gun on your person inside your clothes, that's called concealed. And you have to ask permission of the sheriff and fill out a bunch of forms and get a, get permission and prove yourself that you can handle a gun and you have to pay them money. Well, that's a violation of constitutional rights. It's the same type of rights that the, the government says you do not have to pay money to enter a government meeting. That would be an infringement on your rights. It, it hinders your rights. It limits your rights. Or if they told you you had to sign in to come into the meeting, right? So what's happened is we've just accepted this thing that people say, oh, I want to get a, I want to get a weapon. I want to have a concealed carry. So you have to go through all this course and you have to pay all this money. You have to pay, pay money for the course. You have to pay money to the sheriff's department to get a concealed weapon. That whole process is a violation of our constitutional rights. So recently, uh, the Utah governor, a new governor, Spencer Cox, he he advocated and the legislation, the legislature, the governor can't make law, but the legislature passed a bill that says uh, you do not have to get a permit anymore in Utah to carry a gun in a concealed fashion, whether it's in the car or on your person. And Spencer Cox, a new conservative governor, he signed that bill into law. So now in Utah, you can carry openly, like for instance, you can, uh, walk down the street with a gun on your hip. You can carry a, a gun, a shotgun at walking down the road. Maybe you're hunting, but you can carry a shotgun or whatever. And, uh, that's open carry, but you could also do concealed carry. So, uh, that's legal now. Now also in Idaho, uh, I, I just had, there's some folks that used to be tea party Patriots here and they lived in Marysville. But when we had the the evacuation with the spillway problem at Lake Oroville, they took a little, uh, they took a little vacation and went over to Idaho. And when they were over there, they were looking around at real estate and they bought a home over there and they moved over there and, uh, and they moved to a small town an hour or so out of Boise called Hagerman. And it, they say it has 800 or so people. It's a beautiful place. I've looked at it on the internet. It's a beautiful place. And in, in Idaho, you can open carry, and uh, but now they just passed over there that you can you can also have a concealed uh, weapon without a permit over there as well in Idaho, which is cool. So but also what happened is the, the people that they listen to the podcast over over there. And so he texted me the other day and he said to me, hey, Lou, he and he's photocopied or he f- took a phone picture and sent it by text of a resolution that the Hagerman city council uh, discussed and signed that basically says 
because we it's uh, Hagerman is in what is in Gooding County, J-O-D-D-I-N-G. And in that county, he and my friend says they have a uh, a constitutional sheriff. And so they passed a resolution. The city council did to set that said we are going to adhere to the Constitution of the United States of America regarding our gun rights. That means no infringement, no invalidation, no violation of our gun rights. That means we don't have to have concealed weapons permits. We don't have open open carry permits. And any law, whether it fusses with our ability to buy guns, with our ability to buy ammo, that's an infringement on our rights. We're going to ignore that. In, in our city called Hagerman. And, um, and so they passed that over there. And what I would like to see is that uh, there's all kinds of gun rules in California, but we have throughout California, not, not a huge number of the counties, but a number of the counties have constitutional sheriffs. And I would love to see our Yuba Sutter counties take the lead in rescinding or turning back or eliminating concealed weapon permits and to allow people now uh, we're not talking if people have felonies violent felonies and things like that they by state law they cannot get they cannot carry weapons they cannot have weapons or even like parolees and stuff can't even have uh, a bullet in their pocket for instance there's rules on that so we're not we're talking about lawful people being able to carry weapons without any permission of the government because the those are God-given rights, right? Those are before government. You can carry a weapon. So uh, anyway, uh, it's cool that Utah, and uh, I, I haven't checked into like Nevada or some of these others, but I've been following Utah and Idaho because I have friends that are living over there, and they're keeping me updated on what's shaken regarding weapons over there. And uh, as Chris Branscombe, some of my friends who were watching the city council meeting at Marysville said that the new mayor, Chris Branscombe, who came in in January of this year, he's just been there two months is already talking about trying to look at the, the rules, regulations, and the way they operate in the city of Marysville to make it a constitutional city. Wouldn't it be great if we had like Hagerman just announced that they're a second amendment sanctuary city. That's the resolution. Second amendment sanctuary city. So what a, what a d- great deal it would be to uh, be able to launch that in, in our cities of Marysville and Yuba City and other cities, Live Oak and Wheatland, and in, and even have constitutional counties, right? Yuba and Sutter County. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, we're, we're out of time for today, and uh, God bless you, and thanks for listening, taking the time to listen. And if you want to uh, befriend me on uh, Live with Lou and, and you check in over there, uh, that would help me. Uh, I think Facebook will probably at some point within the next few months say we don't agree with what you're doing and so we're not going to allow you to be here which is fine if they have a right to do that i don't have a problem with that at all i'll just move to a different platform if there's one available that's america and that's okay with me i don't have a problem with that okay so god bless you catch you later we're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight we would especially like to welcome all the representatives of illinois law enforcement community We've chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. Everybody. Everybody needs 
Sugar to 